Hey, how's everybody doing? And welcome back to 125 Unfiltered, episode 76. Got a big episode for you guys today because for the first time we're having a solo baseball episode. We're talking UNC baseball fresh off their ACC tournament victory going into the regionals for the NCAA tournament. It's the last uh, college tournament of the season until we get back to the fall. But I'm not here alone. You guys know, I uh, love the guest episodes. We have a new guest on today. We have baseball enthusiast, probably the most knowledgeable UNC baseball fan you'll ever meet, and also sports extra colleague, Eric Weir. Eric, how you doing today? Doing good, Josh. How about you, man? Doing well, you know, just talking more sports, uh, really, really following this UNC baseball team as they approach the tournament. I'm excited. I mean, the, the, the team's certainly been fun to watch. Oh, yeah, like um, the turnaround this team has had and just the growth they've shown over this entire season. It's been it's been so much fun to watch. I've been I've been absolutely captivated. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure let's go straight into it, because, you know, a a big thing with this team is they start off hot. You know, they're 18 Mm -hmm. and three start the season, but then they hit the hit this rough patch in conference play. Go five and 14. Uh, You know, you lose a series to Miami. Uh, lose that a series to Louisville where, you know, they blow a couple leads. Um, so knowing how they, to the point they got to now with the, with the win in the ACC championship, what, what was the reason you think for that slump just off the bat? So I think obviously that slump, I believe they went six and 14. Um, these, these 20 games, it was obviously, it was their toughest stretch You're going up against, um, it, starting with that Miami series, you're going up against uh, top 15 team in the nation in Miami. You're going up against uh, Virginia Tech, who's the number three or four national seed in the regionals. You've got then you've got Louisville, who's also hosting a regional. And then you've got Georgia Tech, who can hit the lights out any day. You just have these all these tough opponents. It was our by far the toughest stretch, and I don't know if the team was ready. Um, because they had played good. They played, they played Pitt earlier in the season. They'd beaten Duke earlier in the season, but like these early season, these mid season series against Miami and Virginia tech, like you just showed that this team, like what we thought early on in the season was like, Oh, this team's special. This team got their, their butts handed to them big time. And, um, I think most of it was the pitching. There is no consistent pitching throughout this part of the season. Um, as like I, I looked at like the stats of this 20 game um, stretch, their um, team ERA was through the roof. It was over seven. And that's just, you cannot win games with an ERA over seven. It was brutal. Yeah. I mean, I, I, in my mind, it started with the pitching, you know, uh, aside from, you know, Max Carlson, who's kind of been the standout pitcher, I I, I think, for the whole season. Uh, yeah, the, especially in the bullpen, it was rough, giving up a lot of runs. Uh, I think it kind of came down to a couple of things for me, um, you know, struggling to close out games. We saw it in that Louisville series from the bullpen uh, w- with the pitching, I think. Uh, and I think they've gotten better with this towards the end of the season they'll have to do the bullpen will have to be good uh to close out close games because you know they're going to go up against some tough opponents from other conferences but yeah when the pitching's hard and you know if you have a bad night on the bats it's very uh difficult to win a lot of games because you know you had guys going through slumps 
uh, most notably Vance Honeycutt, I believe mm. uh, in April, mm. he was hitting like 235 yeah. in the nine hole, you know, Mac Horvath, uh, Horvath's average wasn't uh, fantastic at that time. So when you combine those things, it's going to be hard to win games, especially against that uh, stiff competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, and that's like, that's one of the things like when you're pitching like this team, they've got the offense that like they, they have the offensive firepower where they can carry on an off night for pitchers. But during that 20 game stretch, it was like at the same time, we were seeing some of the worst stretches of our um, bats, our offensive side. Like you said, Vance Honeycutt was finally, it seemed like everyone had figured him out. Um, Matt Corvath was still struggling and stuff like Johnny Castagnazzi, he had started to uh, cool off a little bit. So it's, uh, it was, it was rough. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think uh, as we kind of transition past the slump, a big reason I think for, you know, I mean, they've won 15 of their last 17 games. You know, you get a couple series wins, you, you beat state at, at the start of May, and then you get a, a series win against Wake Forest and then a sweep against Florida State kind of heading into the ACC tournament. Uh, what do you think that did? for the team's confidence because they won seven of those nine games. You know, those are some pretty good uh, ACC teams. Uh, obviously they played state again later on, but what do you think that was a big turning point for their confidence? Oh, I think like you could see it clearly, like after that state series, like everything changed I, in, I want to, I want to talk about like, once again, pitching, pitching is everything. And as soon as we hit that state series, I noticed that, our starting pitchers, Max Carlson, Brandon Schaefer, um, they're they're pitching deep into games. Like we have this Wake Forest game. Can't remember. Like Schaefer, especially Brandon Schaefer, we need to talk about how he's turned around his season as well. Because he went from like getting knocked around early on in the season to in like that Wake Forest series, he pitched seven and a third. And then he just, he goes on and he's like, we're pitching deep into games. And as your starting pitchers can get deep into games, you can keep those bullpen arms fresh. And that makes them that more effective. And it just helped this team. It was great. It was perfect. Yeah, certainly. And, and bringing up uh, Schaefer, I mean, he had that complete game against Virginia Tech in the ACC tournament. So it just seems like, Everything came together. The pitching came together uh, with obviously Schaefer's performance against the Hokies. Uh, Max Carlson, he pitched five pretty solid innings against NC State. And then obviously the bats in the ACC tournament. Just to give everyone uh, a quick summary of their run, they beat Clemson 9-2. to uh, UNC was the eight seed in the ACC. Uh, they beat 12 seed Clemson. And then the game that really got the ball rolling, they beat Virginia Tech, who was the one seed in the ACC, 10 to nothing. Uh, they got on the board early, thanks to two home runs from Vance Honeycutt. They go on to beat Notre Dame, 7 to 2. And then they beat uh, little brother NC State, 9 to 5. Uh, Vance Honeycutt also had two home runs in that game. That earned him tournament MVP. But uh, throughout this run, what impressed you the most about how they played? Because again, I just feel like the pitching, the hitting came together. They were getting early leads, uh, and that surely can help you win a string of baseball games. I want to talk, like, if I were to say what I was most impressed, we've already talked about the pitching. We've got to talk about, like, how this team would just 
explode early on in games. Like usually I wouldn't say that it's difficult to score runs in the first inning. Sometimes it's really easy to score runs in the first inning. It's, it's different based on the pitcher, but like it seemed as though every single game in this ACC tournament, they would just, you would look down at the scorecard and they'd have three or four in the first inning. Like it was incredible. We had, we scored three, we scored four in the first three innings in the Clemson game. We scored four in the first inning of the Virginia Tech. We scored, we didn't scored only one in the first three innings against Notre Dame, but we pulled away late and uh, we scored eight in the first two innings against NC State. Like the, the offense was just incredible. And we have to talk about Vance Honeycutt. Like the man has turned it on ever since he's moved back into that cleanup spot. It was, oh, he was incredible. He truly earned um, that ACC uh, tournament MVP. He was, he was unstoppable. It was incredible. I've never seen a freshman who has gone in a slump just turn it on like that. It was, oh, it was something special. Yeah, totally. And, and that's really the boost that, that UNC needed because uh, uh, Alberto Ozuna, he was the leader in home runs before Honeycutt's explosion. He has 19 on the season. And he had, it was a walk-off later in the season. Can't remember what game, but um, was, they were uh, definitely no. relying on. So it was a Florida State game. It was the first Florida yes. State game, I believe. That's what it was. Yeah. And they were kind of relying on him to be like the power hitter, but uh, Honeycutt's just emergence that provides a second home run hitter because you've got your, your on-base guys. You know, Danny Cerretti's hitting 370 on the season. Angel mm-hmm. Zarate, 357. Those guys, top of the order, they're going to get on base. But having a guy like Honeycutt who can, you know, knock those guys in, whether it's, you know, big home runs or even just like singles, doubles in play because, you know, they're, they're solid base runners. And obviously, Honeycutt's the best base runner of them all in 28 stolen bases, first 2020 season in Carolina history, I feel like he's just completes this lineup offensively. And we saw it because those home runs, they weren't just solo shots. You know, you're bringing in one, two, three guys uh, to get those early leads. Mm -hmm. And like, he has just become like an absolute nightmare, like for opposing coaches and pitchers. Like you you can't do anything with them. Like if he can keep this up, like, and like if he stays in that cleanup spot and he keeps on the stretch now, I'm not saying he's going to, but if he like continues to put pressure on offenses, that's going to force people to uh, attack the people before him, like Danny Soretti, Matt Horvath and Angel Zarate. And that's dangerous. Okay. Those are already three good hitters. So that if you're forced to attack those guys, you're going to, you're going to make a mistake. And then you have to deal with Vance who can't walk them because you'll still second on them. You can't pitch to him because he'll hit a home run. So what can you do? And it's it's been – it is – he is – I wouldn't say he's an X factor, but, man, he is – he is going to be important in this regional, this postseason. Yeah, no doubt. And I think what also helped out this UNC team in the, in the ACC run was uh, it helped the pitching out because pitching from ahead, you know, it gives, mm. uh, you know, Carlson Schaefer a lot less pressure. You know, you don't – uh, if they give up a run or two, you don't have to think about pulling them. They can go deep into games, uh, which which really helps them out. And then also uh, Davis Palermo, I thought he was very solid uh, during the ACC tournament. He had two huge innings against Notre Dame, which was their closest mm-hmm. game 
of, of this tournament. Uh, he had one earned run in three games. Granted, he only pitched the last out for uh, for the game against State. But mm-hmm. uh, giving giving your bullpen the time, uh, you know, not having to have them play catch up uh, because you know they're only pitching an inning or two, maybe three, but mainly one or two. I, I think that really helped out uh, the pitching staff. Oh yeah, and that's that's what you need to do. And then like on talking about Davis, he's been incredible. Like coming into this season, he was a big question mark for me. Like, cause he last year he struggled with command. He he couldn't throw a strike. And this year he seems to be throwing harder, but he seems to be controlling his pitches more. And he has been he has been like the closer that we've needed this season. Um, when you have a guy that can throw ninety seven like he can and just throw this high cheddar and just absolutely throw it by batters. It's, it's invaluable. Like you need a guy like him who can have the confidence and the swagger to come in there and then just throw 97 down, down the middle, hopefully not down the middle too many times, but just to go in there and put a stop to uh, rallies and stuff like that. And he's been able to do that. It's been incredible to watch. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to see his face a ton in the regional round. Uh, uh, let's, speaking of the regional round, let's let's go to that because UNC, obviously fresh off their eighth ACC tournament title. They're now 10th uh, nationally. They are a regional host. They are hosting Georgia, VCU, Hofstra. They face Hofstra uh, on Friday. Um, so let, let's, let's talk about some keys to, to success for the regional. Uh, I, th- I think – Big thing just to continue getting on the board early, playing from ahead. I think that that really helps. Uh, and then obviously, uh, you know, getting getting the most out of your pitchers, uh, getting the most out of your bullpen as well. But what what keys to victory do you see uh, for the heels? Because they're obviously going up against some decent competition. Georgia SEC school can't uh, forego them because this UNC team has a very good shot to make it to super regionals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, but the thing is, I see we need our starting pitchers to get deep in the games. We need to save those bullpen because while we do have two good starting pitchers in Carlson and Schaefer, um, if we get to that third game, hopefully we do, uh, we're going to have to figure out who's going to be our third starting pitcher. And lately it's been Will Sandy. Now Will Sandy's fine, but he's not going to pitch you deep in the game. So it's going to turn into more of a bullpen game, that third game, if, if it comes to that. So, what we need, or what UNC needs, excuse me, is for uh, Schaefer and Carlson to have, uh, they need a pitch four, five, six innings for us to be successful because we can't be using uh, Rap, Gage, Gillian, and Palermo um, back to back games, back to back to back games. Um, otherwise, they're going to be tired or they're not going to be as effective. So pitching needs to be consistent. They need to get out. And then the, they just have to let the offense do what they do. I think they should have a good chance to make it super regionals. Yeah, I mean, pitching is obviously so important this late into the season. Uh, and we, we've obviously talked about how important the hitting is. But if you had to name one X factor for this team, you know, the one guy who could really be the difference maker because uh, obviously a, a one loss or two can, can end the season really fast, mm-hmm. but that, that one guy on either side of the ball uh, who can propel UNC to a deep run. See, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you one hitter 
and I'm going to give you one pitcher. Okay. Um, in terms of hitting, I think it's Mikey Madej. Okay. Like we have those top four guys in Zarate, um, Horvath, Soretti, uh, and Honeycutt. Those guys are going to produce, but the, if we like Mikey Madej, he has really stepped up late in the season. He's hitting around 300. He's had a couple bombs this postseason. He's a small guy from Illinois, just like me. I like him. Um, but if he has been he has been red hot this ACC tournament, and if he can continue to just get hits, get on base, and like make it so that this UNC team doesn't have another a freebie like where the opposing pitchers can just relax, like oh, whew, okay, we got this easy guy. He he could be another spark plug. He could be a huge part of this, this UNC offense going forward. And so if he stays hot, this team is very, very dangerous. And then on the pitching side, I want to say it's got to be, it's got to be Beauvert because if we're going to get in trouble and we need someone to come in, pitch a starter gets in trouble early, and we need someone to pitch two, three, four innings. It's got to be Connor Bovert because he was starting for us. He started a Friday game for us. And, but at the same time, he struggled. But he still, he has one of the best fastballs on the team. He's got nasty off speed and secondary pitches. But the thing is, he struggles with walks. But if he can come in and he might have to save a game, I'm not saying save a game as in like, closing saving game but he might have to come in and essentially save the game in a clutch situation and he will be important because he's like the third or fourth guy out of the bullpen but we'll need him really badly if something goes wrong yeah those are good points because having that intermediate pitcher who can you know come in before the closers but obviously fill in for for starter if needed really really important and I remember you talked about uh, his performance early on in the season. It was against Georgia Tech giving up a grand slam. So obviously can't give up any big hits. Um, I think for me, I, I have a couple hitters. Uh, first off, I'm going Danny Ceretti. Uh, not mm-hmm. only because, you know, great hitter, uh, highest percentage on the team. He's, he's uh, 446 on base percentage. Uh, he hit 375 in uh, the ACC term, but also I think his fielding is really important. Uh, you know, turning d- double plays is really viable. He's done it a couple times. Uh, and, and having a good shortstop like that, you know, kind of lead the infield uh, and, and make those plays because uh, capitalizing on those doubles, not allowing, you know, runners to stay on base uh, is really important when, you know, home runs can happen anytime. And then I'm going to go Alberto Ozuna. I think with all the focus on Vance Honeycutt, I think Ozuna could really fly under the radar as this power hitter because, uh, um, again, he has 19 home runs on the season. He's second on the team, uh, especially with him hitting in the middle of, of the lineup. I think that could be a great spot for him to kind of, you know, shock some people and, and send reminders that, hey, this guy was uh, probably one of the most consistent power hitters on the team uh, in terms of uh, big home runs and stuff. So, yeah, those are going to be my two guys. Uh, but obviously it takes a complete effort from from the whole team. Oh, yeah, I, I, I agree. Like Danny Soretti, he is he is the captain of this team and he has been he's having a career year. And so if he can keep producing, he'll be, he'll be perfect. And then Ozuna. Yeah. He's just, he's one to swing away from leaving the building. So at any moment, um, Alberto can hit a home run and he's been fantastic. Yeah. So I, I agree with those. 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of star players for UNC, a lot of difference makers. But at the end of the day, you know, do do you think they make it out? Just to run through the schedule real quick before we get your answer. They play Hofstra tomorrow. Georgia and VCU will play. Uh, and then the next two games will be losers play each other, winners play each other. Uh, and then to, I guess, explain it the best I can, the winner of that winner's game will be in the final. And then obviously that the loser of that game will play the winner of that loser's game. Uh, so, and then the winner of that fifth, that we'll call it game five, uh, they'll have to beat the the team that jumped ahead to the finals twice in a row. Uh, so it's pretty much double elimination between the four teams. I guess that's the easiest way to explain it. But uh, obviously, you know, seeing, seeing uh, the lineup uh, of the teams that we have ahead, uh, does UNC make it out? I think, I think they do, Josh. I'm, I'm looking at these teams. We got VCU and Hofstra. They're both very hot teams. Um, they deserve to be here. And then we've got Georgia, who struggled at the end uh, of their season. But still, it's the SEC. You cannot count them out. Um, but I think with how hot UNC is, I think they, um, they, they beat Hofstra on Friday. They win – um, on Saturday, and I think they, they I, I think they have a legitimate chop, shot of um, making it out of the regional. There you have it, Eric. We are breaking down all things UNC baseball. Before you go, I do want to bring up this one other topic because it's a big talk uh, in in the baseball world. NC State, who made it to the ACC tournament championship, obviously losing to the Tar Heels, they are the first team out of the tournament, a lot of outrage. And this is a team, you know, that's gotten, I can just say they've gotten screwed in the past. Obviously they were in the college world series, had a drop out because of COVID uh, whether it's because of their team or not, but missed a chance to go get a, get a championship there. And then obviously a great run at the end of the season for the Wolfpack, but they, they are, they're the first team out. So do you think that was the right decision? Because a lot of people are not happy with the committee. Yeah, I've, I've been thinking about this. And um, while the resume doesn't look great when it comes to record-wise, because they lost six of 10 ACC series, still, it's the ACC. And they made it to the ACC championship. Um, like, this team is really, it's good. Um, it's not great. Um, but they have... First team out, I, I don't know. Like, we're talking a couple days ago. This team was a projected two seed. And, like, I, I don't understand it. I don't, I think they should have made it in um, because, like, you can't really – like, this team is – like, State is still a good team. They had a bad couple bad series. And, like, but they've got Tommy White. They've got the most exciting player in the nation – and they still had a winning record. They still had uh, – their RPI was in the top 25. I think – no, it might have been in the top 30. But still, they – I believe they should have made it because their RPI was um, was um, in the top 30. Uh, their strength of schedule was in the top 10. Um, and they still had a winning record. I, yeah, I, I'm not really sure why they didn't make it in. I'm a little upset they didn't make it in, but um, I mean, the committee, they do what they do. 
Premier League. Yeah, I feel like the, there's always going to be a team, you know, one or two every single year. Whether in every sport, that's just that's going to get snubbed a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I I will say though, from the committee's perspective, because I noticed this in basketball, I feel like they're starting to move towards putting less emphasis on you know making the big run in the tournament. They're looking at holistic view, and I know, and I think how you play at the towards the end of the season is is way more indicative of how good of a team you are compared to the start of the season. That's the whole point of the season, growing, getting better, improving as a team. Um, but I definitely think uh, the committees, again, they're, they're not just going to throw teams in there who have good runs in the tournament, even though they're a lower seed. We saw this in basketball, Texas A&M in the SEC. Uh, they, they beat Auburn. Uh, you know, they, they made it to the finals. Uh, but they they were the first team out when, you know, everyone said this team's red hot, throw them in the tournament, they can make it to the Sweet 16. They didn't put them in. I think that's kind of the same situation here where they want a holistic view of the of the everyone's season. You know, do I agree with it? I don't really know. I, obviously, if it was my team, I'd be upset. Uh, but I think the big thing is, would this team, you know, compete? Uh, in this tournament, absolutely. And, you know, there's some teams, I, Ole Miss was one that was kind of flying around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, whether it's they want to throw nine or 10 teams from the ACC, that's very complex. But that is one perspective I, I can kind of see from the from the committee. But but obviously for Wolfpack fans, uh, another tough, tough baseball season. And now it's even worse because uh, just an hour ago, Tommy White's actually transferring from NC State, going to be one of the hottest transfers on the market throughout the country. So that is some huge, huge news. Uh, the guy had 27 home runs. So, um, I mean, yeah, Wolfpack just, it's, it's a tough road for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's tough to be a Wolfpack fan right now. Yeah. But obviously being a Tar Heel fan, you know, the university national championship, uh, well, let me say that again, university of <laughs> national champions, uh, obviously the big win, uh, in women's lacrosse, hopefully baseball can make a fun run. Uh, I'm excited to, to watch it. Obviously I believe it's on ESPN, ESPN two, ESPN plus all over. Uh, so, uh, Eric, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Really loved talking baseball. And also this was, you know, very informational, hopefully for the listeners, but also for me, you know, get to learn a lot about the team. That's what I love bringing guests on. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Josh. Thank, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, absolutely. You know, maybe, maybe when this thing's all said and done, we'll have to run it back. Let's see how far UNC gets because, uh, man, that would be exciting if this team made it to the, to the college world series, seeing how their season, what a, what a roller coaster it was. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I can't wait. This, this weekend's going to be so much fun. Hopefully uh, I get to watch them the following weekend as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's going to do it today for 125 Unfiltered. I'll get to you guys next week. This is being recorded on Thursday. Going to be posting this on Friday. So yeah, but NBA Finals is tonight. Uh, game one of Celtics Warriors. I'll make sure to get that to you guys potentially over the weekend, maybe on Monday. Uh, and then obviously we'll continue with basketball coverage, baseball coverage, uh, all sports news. Uh, so yeah, thank you so much for listening and I'll speak to you next time.